Okay, good morning. Can you hear me, right? We're good? Nice. Good to be here with you guys, with all of you again. You're probably saying, no, him again? Yep. Uh, soon, next week, I will hear from Ryan again, and we're looking forward to that. And uh, he asked me again if I can bring the message. Very excited. It's an honor and privilege to be up here and, uh, and bring God's word. Um, and not just that, but to be here on Sundays, I always say this, to be with you guys, with the family of God, my family, you guys were family, right? And to fellowship, to worship together our, our king, um, it doesn't get any better than that, so um, it's good to be with you, and uh, <clears throat> let me pray before we get started. Holy Father, we come before your glorious presence to thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a place where we can come and gather and worship you. And I just thank you for um, the faces that I can see from over here. Uh, the family of God, your church, the bride of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for each one of us <clears throat> as we come here to worship you, to hear from you. And I pray, Lord, that this morning that you will get me out of the way and that you will speak through me. <clears throat> Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for loving us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. I think I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> I hope not. <clears throat> it's not a good time to do that. Anyway, um, we've been looking at the Gospel of Matthew, right? We've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's in the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And so far, we're still in chapter 5, so we've got a long way to go. But it's, it's a great sermon. It's, it's a, a place where Jesus gathered his followers to teach them about his kingdom. Because they were very confused. But for so long, they've been learning the scriptures, the, the God's law, through the scribes and through the Pharisees. And they were doing a really bad job. They were twisting things. They were not teaching the truth. And Jesus comes and he says to his disciples and to, to those who are following him, listen to what I have to teach to you because I'm going to teach you the truth. And that's why Jesus says, to, when, when, when we hear from him, he says, put my words into practice. Those who walk in my kingdom listen to the truth, and Jesus is the truth. So, again, we're in <clears throat> Israel, northern Israel, right, in where the Sea of Galilee is. And then at the north of the Sea of Galilee, that's where Jesus spends most of his time during his ministry. And people are hearing about this preacher, this teacher, this new rabbi, came from Nazareth. Nothing good comes from Nazareth, right? And, and people are saying, the way he preaches, he preaches with power and authority. And then they talk about him doing signs and wonders, miracles, like no one else, right? People are excited. People are saying, this could be the Messiah. This could be the son of David. This could be the promised king that one day will come. The one that the prophet that Moses spoke about, that one day a prophet will come to set people free from bondage. They were very excited because they figured their savior was there, and he was, and he is, and he always will be, our Savior. 
And Jesus begins to invite them to tell them to come to his kingdom. And he always, he started by saying, repent. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you repent. Unless you repent from your old life, from your old ways, change the way you think about life, the way you think about the kingdom of God. And then he says, come and, and, and realize that you're broken spiritually. That you are so far from God that there's a chasm between you and God. And Jesus says, I can bring you close and be reconciled to your creator. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to heaven except through me, he said. And, and so he's, he's teaching them and teaching, telling them that they're going to be blessed if they walk with him. But also he's telling them, you know, you're going to be blessed at a point where you may even be persecuted. And they're like, what? Persecuted when we're blessed? I mean, blessed when we're persecuted? Really? And he's teaching them different things that in their eyes are like, this, these teachings are hard. I even told you, I believe I really believe that as Jesus was preaching, some of the people were getting up saying, this is hard teaching, I can't do this, I'm leaving. And I, I, I'm sure people were get, getting up and leaving. Because he's teaching about murder. He says, you, you heard that he was saying not to murder, right? And people would say, I, I haven't done that. But then he would say, what about your heart? Do you hate people? Do you hate someone? Do you have, a, do you have someone in your, in your heart that you, you hold that, that hatred? He said, that's just as bad. It says, don't commit adultery, right? You heard it said, but he says, well, I haven't, I, I'm faithful to my wife. And then Jesus says, what about your heart? What about when you look at a woman, do you feel that lust? That's just as bad. And I want to say even women, how about women? When they, look, when they look at a man, they have lust. Jesus says, it's about the heart. God is always concerned about us, our hearts. And my question to you this morning is, what is your heart today? Is, 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 when God looks at your heart, what does he see? Does your heart belong to him. So that's what he wants from us. He wants our hearts. He goes on to different teachings, but today <clears throat> we're going to look at, the, uh, at a new teaching from him. And it's about retaliation, right? Jesus is talking about how we don't fight evil with evil. He says, don't fight like the world does. That way. If somebody does evil to you, oh, I'm going to get even. I'm going to get even. You have no idea who you're dealing with. You're messing with the wrong guy. Jesus says, that's not my kingdom. And, and as I was studying this, this section of the scriptures, right, and, and I'm looking at the retaliation, and Jesus says, do, do, do not, um, I'm sorry, he says, uh, do not resist the one who is evil, right? Jesus says that. So as I'm reading and studying, I'm saying, I remember the words from Paul. 
In, in Romans chapter 12, verse 21, where he says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I, I keep thinking of those words. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to, 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 to fight evil with evil and overcome evil with evil. But through the love of Christ, wisdom as well, and compassion to battle evil. That's what he wants us to do. So the text for today is in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 38. This is what it says. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. I don't know about you, but this convicts me every time I read this scripture. Because this is hard teaching. We're not used to this stuff. No, 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 but the people back then, this is even harder for them, and we're going to see why, because Jesus is touching very sensitive areas of their lives. But basically for them, it was even harder to follow this and say, how are we going to do this, Jesus? And again, I bet a couple of people maybe got up and said, this is the hard teaching. And you know what I love about our Lord? Just amazing. He comes to you. He touches your heart. He draws you into his kingdom. He offers you salvation. He gives you salvation. But he doesn't just go and say, hey, okay, now go do it. Live the way I want you to live in my kingdom. He doesn't do that. He says, let's walk together. I am going to help you. He comes and he helps us. He gives us the helper. He gives us the one that we need himself to be able to live this kind of life. So for those of us who are in Christ, we have no excuse. We can't keep saying, that's hard teaching, that's hard, I, I can't do that. I've heard so many times through my, my 23 years working with the Lord, I've heard, I have heard people say, living the Christian life is hard. It is hard. <laughs> I agree. We all agree. But he doesn't say to do it alone. He says, I'll do it with you. I'll help you. What does he call the, the Holy Spirit in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14? He calls him the helper. We need help. I do. So anyway, he talks about, he, Jesus begins with the Old Testament. You heard that he was saying, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And he's, he is quoting from the Old Testament, from the law, the law given to Moses. So in the book of Leviticus, we're going to go there now. This is what we read. Verse 17, chapter 24. Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make a good life for life. 
If anyone injures his neighbor as he had done, it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, whatever injury has given a person shall be given to him. How many times have you heard people say, oh, the God of the Old Testament, oh, he was mean, angry. He liked blood. He liked, I don't know, he, just, he was a mean God. The, the God from the New Testament, the, that God is wonderful. He's the same God. He didn't change. In fact, this law was actually good for the people of Israel. Because, see, the thing is, God knows our hearts, right? God knows what we're going to do. When somebody does something to me, <laughs> if you poke my eye, I'm going to poke your eye, I'm going to prick your nose, and I'm going to beat your foot. Right? Because revenge is something that we sometimes enjoy. And God knows it. God knows how we are. So he said this law to say there's a limit to the punishment. It was a fundamental uh, principle that the punishment should fit the crime. No more, no less. So God did it to protect the people of Israel from each other, from going crazy against each other. So it was a good thing. But what happened with the, with the teachers of Israel? They were, they, they were teaching this in a different way. Because see, this law was for the people of Israel as a nation, for the civil law, for the judges to be in charge of that law. But the, 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 the religious leaders, the teachers, the Pharisees, the scribes, were teaching and saying, no, no, you bring it to your level now, to the personal level. And if your neighbor pokes your eye, you're going to poke his eye too. But it wasn't like, a, a, okay, what does the law say? No, no. It says it was an obligation. Now you're obligated. If somebody pokes your eye, now you have the obligation to go and do the same to your neighbor. They had, they had twisted the law so bad that people were just being mean to each other all the time. They were paying evil with evil. Jesus says, that's not my kingdom. And that's why he says, back in the scriptures in Matthew 5, please, when he says, but I say to you, verse 39, do not resist the one who is evil. He says, do not engage with that one who is evil. If someone does evil to you, he says, don't engage that. Don't return it with evil. That's not his kingdom. What does he say we should do? Hard teaching, right? If someone hits you, slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one. It's like, what? Are, are you serious, Jesus? I, 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 you want me to just do nothing about it? We need to understand what's going on here, right? <clears throat> Why does Jesus say the right cheek? Most people are right-handed. I am. If I might slap somebody on the right cheek, which is on this side, right for me, uh, you don't smack people like that. Oh, hits like that. I don't. I never hit anybody anyway. <laughs> but he's talking about a backhanded slap. 
And back in those days, it was a very, very deep insult. Deep. You hit somebody like that, it was really an insult. And Jesus is saying, if somebody does that to you, turn the other cheek. Don't retaliate. Don't go back with another slap to that person. Remember when Jesus said in the, in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is saying, you're going to be persecuted. I still remember when I was uh, young in my Christian walk, I used to have a construction company, and I went to get lumber at the lumber yard. And I was a new Christian, so I was telling the guys in the back about my new faith, and I'm walking with Jesus now. They were mocking me. Oof. They were making fun of me. I didn't like it. It hurt. And then as I, as I left, you know, I was like, wow, this is horrible. I can't believe they hurt me, right? It's not about me. But anyway, I'm driving away. And as I'm driving away, I remember Jesus says, they will persecute you because of me. And I actually put a smile on my face. And I said, you know what? I think I'm in the right track. I think I'm walking in the right direction. And of course, you know, an insult is no big deal compared to what people in other countries are going through. You're killing Christians left and right. The persecuted church, right? But Jesus said it was going to happen. So for me to be insulted, for us to be insulted, Jesus said, do not engage with evil. But turn the other cheek. Now, he's not saying to us either that if somebody hits you with a bat, you turn the other cheek, they get hit with the other, you know, the other side, with the bat. Because the scriptures actually do speak about self-defense, about defending your family. So Jesus is not saying if somebody hits you and physically harms you, just let him go. Just go out, just let him have you. He's not saying that either. This is talking about an insult, right? So again, if somebody comes after you, maybe you can restrain them and you call the cops or whatever, but don't, we don't, again, we don't pay evil with evil, but we overcome evil with good. That's what Jesus is saying to us. Do not engage in evil. He goes on to say something that for them back then was pretty hard to hear. If anyone should sue, would sue you and take your tonic, tonic, let him have your cloak as well. Again, people are saying, Jesus, are you kidding me? You know, back in that day, they don't have the clothes that we have today. Like, we don't have a closet full of clothes and shirts and coats and all this, right? They didn't have that much. And back then, they used to dress in layers, right? They had what they call the undershirt, which was a shirt, you know, under your shirt. Then they had the inner garment, right, which was a shirt. And then they had the outer garment, which was the coat or a cloak. And Jesus is saying, if somebody takes you to court, and by law they get your shirt, you give them your cloak as well. 
It's that way, Jesus. Why would I do that? Because in an in in act of love, in the spirit of reconciliation, you never know what that will do to that person. And I'm sure you can get another cloak somewhere else. But Jesus is saying sometimes when, when people want to abuse you and they take something from you and you say, you know what? I'm going to give you even more. The people are going to wait, wait a minute. I got the shirt, that's it. No, but I'll give you, I'll give you my cloak. And maybe through that, you might change somebody's life. Not you, our Lord. You never know when we, we are kind to people and we repay, we overcome evil with good and we repay good, right? You never know what the Lord is going to do. That's what he says. In my kingdom, we don't engage with evil, but we act with love and compassion. He goes on to talk about the mile. He says, if someone asks you to go the mile, then you go the extra mile. Again, for them back then, it was a hard thing to do because if you, uh, back then, right, the, Ro the Roman Empire was in charge. They were under the rules and the, and the laws of the Roman Empire. And the one thing they had to do is, there was a law that said if a soldier comes by you, and he says, hey, you, help me carry my bags, or help me carry my luggage, or whatever he had. He had to be obedient. It was the law. So can you imagine that I'm busy, I'm working, now you want me to carry your stuff? Okay, I have no choice. But the anger possibly because this is a soldier. This is my enemy. This is one killing my people possibly. And you want me to go a mile with him and Jesus has got the extra mile? I'm sure it was hard enough to go the mile. They said that a mile, the Roman mile was uh, 1,000 paces. And what a pace was, every time they let foot touch the ground, there was one pace. So it was one, two, three. So I can picture the Jewish person going, uh, carrying whatever he was carrying behind the soldier, angry, and saying, I have things to do, I'm busy, but I gotta carry this thing, and then counting the steps. One, two, three, thousand steps, a thousand paces, angry. And then when they finally got to the mile, he, he, I gotta go home, I got things to do. Jesus says, go the extra mile. Because maybe through that, you might gain a friend, and you might be able to tell someone about Jesus. And I was thinking about how, what do we do today with this? Our coworkers, our neighbors, our family, sometimes we're too busy for them. Because a mile back and forth, you know, it's gonna be an hour, then two miles is two hours. I, I got time, is money, Jesus. But when we offer our time to people and we serve people, those who we don't care for so much, and trust me, I'm being convicted with this one. It's hard. 
But when we do that, our hearts change. And again, possibly through that, the Lord will use us to bring someone to his kingdom. He's calling us to serve with love, with compassion. Then the next one. Give to one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who will borrow from you. <sighs> Jesus, I'm going to go broke. <laughs> I mean, how much money am I supposed to be giving out? And, I, and, and again, Jesus always asks us to, to do things with love, with compassion, right? With wisdom. If somebody comes to me in the streets and says, hey, can I have a couple of dollars? And they say, well, what, would you want, what are you going to do with the money? Well, I'm going to get something to eat. You know what I always tell them? I'll buy you something. I'll, I'll, let's go, I'll buy you a sandwich, I'll buy you a, a burger, whatever you want. You know what always, almost, almost always happens? No, nah, I'm okay, I'm good. They want the money for something else. So in the love that I have for this person, if I give him the money, what's, what's this person going to do with his money? Is he really going to help him, or is he going to harm him? We need to be wise. Here in Morristown, they're very good by telling you, I need $2 for the, the train ticket. That's what they always tell you. Hey, I need $2 more dollars too. I want to go home, and I don't have enough. I'll buy you the ticket. No, no, it's okay. It happens a lot. We have to be wise about it. But at the same time, there are people that truly need help. And, and again, we have to be wise and see, am I going to help or am I going to hurt the person? When somebody asks you to borrow money, I have this rule. I always tell people, if somebody borrows money from you, don't expect it back. You might never see it again. So you just give it if you have it. You know, I always tell people, there's always someone that has a lot less than you do, always. Even when you say, I don't have that much, there's always someone that has a, a new, more than you do, always. But again, if somebody, there are people that do need help. It's a legit help. It's like someone who needs help, we can help them. We have to be wise. We have to do it with love and compassion. Because after all, everything that we have is from him. Everything that we have comes from him. Everything. It's all his. And he's saying to us, here you go. What are you going to do with it? He wants us to love people. He wants us to use what he's given us to bring people to his kingdom. It's beautiful, Lord. So all his teachings, right, that can be difficult. And again, the Lord has given us himself to help us walk in his kingdom. At the same time, 
Jesus is asking us to adopt an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. And to seek the peaceful ways, to seek the peaceful uh, ways so that we can help somebody. Even those who have wronged us. Even those who have done evil against us. He wants us to, in the spirit of humility, to go and make peace with them. Those who have done wrong to us. Because again, when we do that, I believe that the kingdom of God continues to get bigger and bigger. And it's so wonderful that he uses us. He, he showed us how to be humble. He gave us the greatest example how to be humble before others. Not to think so great about ourselves. In the book of Philippians, in the letter to the to Philippi, or, uh, the Apostle Paul says this in chapter 2. He says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not, did not, quant equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He gave us the greatest example of humility. He didn't count equality with God, something to be grasped. He emptied himself. He became a servant. He became in the likeness of man. He, he, he was found in human form. He became obedient to the point of death. Yesterday, I don't know if you guys uh, saw the big coronation of Charles III. I watched that a little bit. I was working out downstairs and I was watching the TV, but it was just, uh, we, we humans, we're a little, we're goofy. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I see this grown man uh, sitting on this chair and they put a crown on him, but I tell you, I don't think he was happy with that crown, right? They put a crown on the guy, he's got a scepter here and the, and the long robe and and he's walking, and everybody's praising this guy, and a human being that will make him a king. And, and the whole London, England, everybody happy, the streets of London, people, children, flags, everybody waving, all happy. Good for them. You can imagine the money they spent, the millions and millions of pounds they spent uh, yesterday. The whole world watching, right? For a man becomes a king, a mere human, yet our Lord, the true king of kings and lord of lords. He lifts his throne, his crown, his scepter to be a baby, to become a human. To change the world. That's a king. And he's showing us humility. He's showing us to fight evil with good. That's who we are. We fight evil. He fought evil. The scripture said in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, he says, 
that, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what we do as his people, but with love and compassion, not with violence, but with love. And we're to show that to those of us, uh, our co-workers, our families, our neighbors, our friends. That's who we are in Christ. He's calling us to follow him. Have you answered that call? Are you someone here today that maybe you haven't answered that call to follow Jesus? He's calling you. He wants to give you salvation. He wants to change your life. He wants to welcome you to his kingdom. Repent, repent and turn to our king. What we're going to do next, we're doing uh, communion today, this morning. And um, I'm going to pray, but before I pray, so what we're going to do is we're going to have people pass the elements for communion. And um, please hang on to them. Don't take them yet. We're going to take them together. And, uh, and if today, maybe today is the first time you're going to say, you know what? I want to I, I repent I turn to Christ. I want Christ to be my Savior. Maybe today is the first time that you will take the cup, the communion with us. Or maybe you've been taking it and you're not quite there yet, but you're taking it because everybody else does. I invite you, we welcome you to please take it today and say today is the first day. I will remember this day because today I have embraced Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So let me pray. Father.